Welcome back to the latest episode of Energize. Barry, how are you doing? I'm doing great this Monday evening. Roscoe, how are you? Absolutely fantastic. Great weekend had by the lads. Yeah. Great week to look forward to. It is, man. It's on like Donkey Kong it already. Is. I think the countdown since the new year has been to this week, really. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. So, if you're new to the Energize show... Welcome. Hit like and subscribe. Yeah. And if you're a returning Energize listener... Welcome back. Welcome back. Barry. Welcome back. Before we go any further, tell us what is on today's show. Okay. Um, on today's show, we're going to be discussing all the action from the weekend, including Bellator Dublin, because myself and Ross were there. And then in football, we're going to be discussing the Champions League. And then later on the show, we're going to be discussing the Six Nations rugby as Ireland got absolutely destroyed by England. But uh, Ross, Foycon is finally upon us. Foycon is finally upon us. It is. Um, this weekend, myself and Barry head down to Cork to our first ever live podcast. Yeah. Are you nervous, Barry? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm sort of like excited for it. But like, you know me, like I'm always like, well, if this happens, well, if that happens, and then you're like, it's grand. Yeah. You're, you're like extremely laid back about this stuff. I'm like, well, if the mics don't work or this, that and the other, you know? Yeah, but that's your job. I know that's my job. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, You'll be there snoring and I'll be like, oh, Riddled with anxiety. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, we're going to give a bash to see how it goes. Yeah. Hopefully it goes really, really well. Yeah. Uh, who are you most looking forward to meeting down there? And don't say me. Um, I think, I think what, like, first of all, people are actually going to the event that actually watch our show and listen. Like, I'm looking forward to just speaking to people. Yeah. Um, Some of the fighters that are going to be there, obviously, we've previously stated, people like Ben Askren or... Wonder Boy, it's just like we have the potential of having these guys on our show, which is going to be amazing. Obviously, the whole event is not circulated around us, but we'll be there and uh, we're going to be doing our best down there. And the people who tune in all the time, we're going to try and make you as proud as we possibly can. And then definitely make sure to tune in next week for discussing everything that happened at the event. And uh, we're going to be putting out interviews as well. And it's just going to be, it's very exciting. But we're, we're like getting new equipment as well this week for it as well. So, like, it's all building up to... We're going down on Friday. And uh, I think it's just like... What, what are you expecting, man? I don't know. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be an absolute great night. Uh, or a great day, should I say. Uh, the night before, I think we're meeting with the uh, Offensive Charm lads to watch their yeah. live podcast as well, which is fantastic for them. Uh, I'm just really looking forward to meeting... You know, some MMA's biggest names, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, Frank Mir, Ben Askren, MVP. Well, we've met him in Port, but, you know, yeah. the usual. Um, it's just going to be an absolute fantastic day. It's going to be great for five fans. Uh, SPG Cork are putting an octagon in the arena as well, yeah. which is going to add to it. And if you do want to go when you're watching the show, you can use the code EZ10, and that will get you a discount code, 10 euro off the current going rate for a ticket. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, pin that down in the comments box there if you want to check it out. The comments below. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm like this week now is all prep for it, you know. It is, yeah. Yeah, and for everyone who's like been following us until now, they're gonna they're really gonna be interested now next week. You know? They really, really will be. Yeah, it's gonna be epic. Yeah, I think we'll be fine. It's just you see, we got we had the opportunity to go down on Saturday morning, 
but the event starts at 11 and it takes about two and a half hours to get there yeah so we're we're, we're gonna stay the friday night like sort of get our stuff ready i'll have to iron ross's clothes man this shirt's perfectly iron look at that no crease no creases no creases shout out judy Cowell. but like uh yeah for everyone who's been following us the whole way like thanks a million and there's gonna be some guests coming on and it's just gonna be kick-ass i'm looking forward yeah to it. really really will be yeah um yeah so hopefully we see you down in cork yeah, so if you are excited for that, make sure to like, make sure to subscribe, and as always, stay energised. Uh, over the weekend, myself and Ross were at Bellator Dublin. Uh, we were part of the media there at the event, and um, Ross, where should we start here discussing the situation at Bellator Dublin? Um, Bellator Dublin, as always, as always to anything, there's pros and cons. Uh, in terms of, would you want to start with the pros or start with the cons? Um. Well, the first thing we got there was a con, so yeah. we we got a lift off my dad to the to the arena. They sent us to a gate. We went there. They said you cannot come in without the media credentials, and we're like, we have to go in to get the media credentials. So then they sent us around the front. We when once we got in, they took my bottles of Powerade off me. They're like, you can't bring them in. It's like I'm hardly gonna throw them, and then we take it from there. Yeah, it, it, it's always a bit of an ordeal going to yeah. the events to get your actual credentials there. Also, um, going into it, you know there's 19 fights on the card. Do you know how long 19 fights are? Think, put it yeah. this way. Each fight has the potential to go 15 minutes, and then there's 19 of those. Yeah, It's far too many, isn't yeah. it? We got there at 5 o'clock. The card itself actually started at half 4. And we didn't get out of the arena till after 12. Mm. Yeah, it was... Yeah. It's so really, you need to be really well caffeinated as well, like, you know? Yeah, it's not ideal whatsoever. Uh, in terms of the actual event itself, though, um, look, Bellator Dublin is what it is. You're always going to get people turning out for People love the mixed martial arts scene. Yeah. Um, more of a, I almost think, lack of top-of-the-range MMA events that we've had that... Uh, just once any MMA event gets put on the three arena, people flock to it. Yeah. The unfortunate thing to have going for them now is the rise of Cage Warriors and also the return of UC Dublin coming as well. Now, it will bring more eyes to Bellator, but it means people are going to go to all three and they're going to rank them and be like, well, Bellator needs to really step up next time. This time, yeah. it, this time it wasn't really Bellator's fault because the James Gallagher fight fell off, the Peter Queedy fight fell off. So that's... They ca- you can't really help that stuff like that happens but those two not being on the card really did not help the card at all to be honest question now Peter Quilly is an absolute animal and brilliant fighter but do you think people prefer watching Peter Quilly fight or Peter Quilly's int- entrance uh, into the cage do you know what because with the, when he fought Miles Fury uh, Miles Price yeah the first time that wasn't an overly impressive fight okay then the last time when he came back against Ryan Scope, that was unbelievable. But the whole arena was electric, especially with the entrance. Yeah. I think not having that entrance didn't help this time as well. Yeah. It was it, it was lacking stuff. Like, I mean, we were around all the, like, the MMA journalists in Ireland, like Pete Carroll, etc. And they also were on the same sort of boat feeling that it wasn't really living up to the hype. There was a lot of decisions. Uh, plenty of Irish people lost. I've some like plenty of Irish people won as well, but it, it just didn't have that feeling of past events. Now the previous Bellator Dublin that was like unbelievable. So it's you can't always get a ten out of ten, you know. Yeah, well, for me, this is how I sum up the show. When you really, really look into it, we lost 
the main event and the co-main event and we end up with the third fight being the main event you also have to look at a, the way Bellator actually set up their event in terms of tele, a televised event you have the undercard which is on the Bellator app then you have Bellator, on YouTube on YouTube as well sorry then you have Bellator 240 which is the American Paramount card and then you have Bellator Dublin which is on Channel 5 it's very hard to follow if you're sitting at home watching for a start. Yeah. But in the arena, they actually have the press, including ourselves, do interviews of the fighters behind the curtain where everyone walks out. So the music is blaring. Yeah. And you can't hear what the fighter's saying and you can't hear another journalist ask a question. Yeah. Terrible place for that. Yeah. And also and, all the interviews get copyrighted on YouTube as well because of the music. Yeah, they do indeed. And then on top of that also, um, just the lack of actual sort of a room to get the fighters into for afterwards wasn't particularly great. And then the guy who does the sound at Bellator needs to be fired. Like there was like static coming out of all the big amps. Yeah. And he was also like missing his cues as in when like he should be blaring the tunes. He was sort of playing them a bit monotonous. And when he was like blaring tunes that like no one cared about as well. Yeah. Like and while the fights were on, he left a fader up. So you just hear the static like... Yeah, well, it wasn't his his best job. Yeah, it wasn't his best job, yeah. In fairness, the Bellator staff who are actually there at the event do a fantastic job. Yeah. Uh, they really, really do. They always look after it very, very well. The catering uh, was good. The catering is very good. They could do like putting slightly more money into like the the tables and chairs in the catering room. As in like, it's an absolute dump where you eat the food, but the food is actually quite <laughs> nice. I get you, yeah, it, yeah. It's such a like back of house area. Yeah. Also, they, that's one thing they also did a terrible job. So, most people who are watching this, I assume, never had a media pass for an MMA event. I think that's sort of safe to say. Like yeah, 95% so, yeah. of people don't have, wouldn't have that, if not more. You so, absolute smug prick. <laughs> it's not about that, but right, we got like a food voucher to go get food at the event, and we're like, great. We were to, we went up the same way as we went up last time for Bellator Dublin, and they were like, you don't go in this way. You go down here, and we went down to this other guy, and they were like, you can't come in here, you go over there. Then we went to this for a No, it's actually changed. You don't go in here. You go back down there. And then you go back down here. Yeah. And the thing was, <laughs> the goal was for you not to end up in like the changing room area yeah. when you were getting the food. And lo and behold, me and Barry were walking around everywhere. And we we're like, where's the canteen? Yeah. We just want to get some yeah. tea. Like Danny and Nealon then, was about to come out and fight. And yeah. like me and Ross are like standing in the way. I was like, good luck. Yeah, we also, uh, she was being cornered by Katie Saul, who, like, friend of the show, and it was like, uh, all right, you want to say hello, but then you also can't say hello. Yeah, they're literally about to go out and fight for their life. Yeah, so uh, it's just not incredibly well done. Yeah. You know what? Why don't they, they have, like, you know, massive VIP section up on the roof, you know what? Well, at the roof, like, the top floor of the building. All right. Why don't they just put, like, all, all the staff and plus ones up there. Oh no, like there was just a, there, there was just a lack of communication with the security people. Like they should have walkie talkies and just be like, yeah, this way, yeah, that way. Yeah, but you're you're sort of getting fed in like a makeshift kitchen. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like the staff for the three arenas canteen. Isn't yeah, it? it is. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, you know what was actually quite good. The Wi-Fi was quite good. I'll give them that. Um, yeah. that worked well. That needs to work. Yeah. Well, that's important for them. Oh, one other thing is the camera that's like goes above the cage. In into the or into the Bellator cage from 
the high view, you might call it, or whatever, or the aerial view, the arm for that is on the press side. So when the arm swings, you can't actually see like the screens. Yeah. As opposed to if you put it on the other side, it would actually affect no one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These just seem like basic mistakes. Is it, it just seems like that's why UFC is just such a step above. They just know what's going on or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, I also think UFC certainly moved the cage further out into the more into the middle. I don't, I don't remember because we weren't down with the press last time for UFC. Yeah. But. It was just, they just seemed like easy things to fix that they, I can't believe they were happening. Like, I can't believe no one that was working there could have been like, here, why is this so, the static noise going mm. off and stuff, you know? One thing I will give Bellator credit for over the UFC, because there's been many Bellator events and many UFC events now, the Bellator cage is actually better as a fan to watch. You think so, do you? Because of circular. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get you. As opposed yeah. to, because of the octagon, it's basically got eight pillars yeah to stop you seeing yeah no, when yeah. you're actually in the in the arena that's one thing i definitely noticed anyway yeah it, the arena basically nearly it was nearly half empty come the end when Liam mccourt won now the thing is like we only realized after that people want to get um public transfer at home like they might have to get trains all this yeah darts everything so it was like half empty but last time when james gallagher won it wasn't half empty yeah you know I, mean? well, I, I think it's more so Obviously, this is no offense to Leah, but like her fighting style, she's not a finisher. As opposed to James, you're like it might be over in the first round. It's more than likely going to be over in the first round. I think he has a lot of first round finishes. Yeah, well, and it, I think that adds into it. And at the end of the day, Leah McCourt said herself, like this, it, it is the Jimmy show. She was just, you know, holding down the fort. Yeah. Well, after I saw people asked your man Dan Kirch and who's in charge, next time will they consider having less fights in the card? Because it was it goes on for too long, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, definitely, yeah. Then also I don't I think they're gonna realise now that they need to put better fights on the card, as in like more high profile fights, for the people to stay interested because you can't just keep taking the money off the people and not really giving them that like wow factor like there was last yeah. time. Now I did have mentioned earlier you're not gonna get that all the time, but still. Yeah, we also had people like MVP on the card, you know what I mean? Uh, fighting last time against Richie Coyle and people are like oh MVP class you know what I mean yeah well, so, like, like, it to, adds to it well like I'm looking at Cage Warriors coming up soon and I'm really excited for that like UFC Dublin I'm, I don't even know who's coming but I'm really excited for that that card like we sort of knew it, it, like we, I sort of expected it to be like between a 6 and a 7 out of 10 now sometimes you get amazing fights and you're like oh unreal but I don't think we got a really amazing fight that but, night bar bar the knockout your man El Camp yeah. Who did the spinning elbow. But like sort of caught him like there. Yeah, but the key for Crosby fight was brilliant as well. No, it wasn't. I don't think so. Johnson, you know, Johnson in the third round was like epic. No, they were like boxing the head off each other. Oh, was it the last minute? Oh, the, no, I just, the, thought the, I just thought the whole, the whole th- three rounds was like, it was close and it was like, All right. there was a bit of like on the edge of your seat and then like Kiefer went for in the third round. Um, and I was like, I was like, I was like, oh that was epic and then also then when he goes my son was born four days ago I was like oh that's even more epic Cause no epic for him yes but like, but no but I thought it was like the moment of the night oh well Kiefer coming out was the moment of the night he was he stole the show I think coming out yeah exactly but I think yeah. like the, to say like are you, are you trying to say you weren't entertained by the Kiefer Crosby fight not until the end no alright well like yeah. well like their own yeah, Easter own. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying in terms of like... I'm not the, agreeing with you on this, man. Yeah, right? but like all, all the fights that were watched, I was like, that was definitely the one that I was like, right, well, this is good. All right. No? I wasn't really blown away by anything. I don't know. 
Well, I'm just saying, like, I don't think uh, anyone else. Uh, like, uh, as in, like, my memories from the night are, uh, Kiefer Crosby winning, Charlie Ward winning, yeah, and then Aaron Chalmers losing. Aaron Chalmers losing, and then being like. That was the worst fight I've ever yeah, seen. Uh, I think one of my other moments where Leah almost getting armbarred been like, oh my God, this is going to be like the most anticlimactic yeah. finish ever. Yeah. And then, obviously you remember my mate Brent Primus as well. Yeah. Um. Overall, like I would have given it like a 6 out, six out of 10. I don't think oh, I think anyone... 6 out of 10 is fair. You see, Too I did, many I did... Oh, actually, Ricky Bandeas, that was a good fight as well. Yeah, that, no, hit, Ricky Bandeas coming back and beating uh, Malambu. That was like, that, that was... Like that was shocking, mm. but like nothing really blew me away. And like after, I didn't want to say after a great event because it wasn't great. You know, yeah. I feel like I was, and I don't want to lie to myself. And yeah, say, but it was great. decent. It was a decent event. It you was a were, decent night. As it in was like we got sort of majority of what we expected. Maybe expected slightly better. Yeah, like I mean, I like we said out like it's cool hanging out with you and doing this, doing the show, and like being involved in the scene and all. Like that's cool. But, like, the event didn't really live up to yeah, what people expected, you know? There's no point in lying being, like, yeah. that was the best event I've ever went to. No. In fact, if you really have to think about it, and, like, obviously, you know, I'm saying this in bad way, it's probably the worst Bellator UFC event I've ever been to. Yeah. And that's not, not a bad way. It's just, no. like, been some really cool UFC and Bellator events. Yeah. Well, that's uh, not point of lying to the people anyway. No. Sure. It's like, they were there and they saw it. Yeah, you know they saw it, yeah. Um, yeah, but there is better things to come. Like, they are coming back later on in the year again. Like, the Cage Warriors is coming to Belfast. Like, that's something we're definitely yeah. going to have to sign up for. And then UC is coming to Dublin in August as well. So, there is be- bigger and better things. Overall, like, so, like people... I, do, I, do, I just don't want to lie. I don't want to lie. Mm. Yeah. But, like, some no. people got wins. Like, people like Will Flurry, he picked up a win. Um, who else you want to shout out there? Obviously, uh, you mentioned that we haven't mentioned that Kiefer got one. Blaine, Blaine O'Driscoll. Blaine O'Driscoll uh, got a win. Yeah. Um... Oh, what's your mate? Uh, Kieran Clark. Kieran Clark won as well. He also got a win. Uh, Charlie Ward uh, stopped your man in the third round. That that was a good win for him. He actually used quite a lot of wrestling, which I was Also, do you know what? I just realized well, Conor McGregor didn't go to the event either. No. Well, that yeah. probably just goes to show. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it was like less. There you go. And yeah. then like, people lost big fights like uh, Malambu. Like, that was a big mm-hmm. one for him. Um, like Reds are lost as well. Yeah. Um, there was someone else I'm forgetting here. Yeah, uh, uh, Kylie lost as well. Yeah, Richie Kylie lost, and then so. Richie Smullen lost as well. And they were, those were all big fights for those lads. Like Aaron yeah. Chalmers lost as well. But yeah, the Jordy Shore people were there. Scotty yeah. T. We nearly got knocked over by the birds coming over to Scotty T. Yeah, and that's not even lie. Scotty T. Like I've never seen someone so mauled for being like not as famous as, as they used to be. Yeah, and then people thought Ross was um, <laughs> like a gaz. I was thinking no, you look no, no, James, no, James. <laughs> with the brows, with the brows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, Barry. Pick me one person out there or two people out there and tell me what things next from. James Gallagher is fighting Cal Eleanor in headline Bellator Dublin. Yeah. Uh, Bellator London. Oh, also, James Haskell was there. He's also making his MMA debut at Bellator London. Uh, yeah. Look, for me, I'm, I'm interested to see Kiefer Crosby fight again. He had a lot of stress going into that week, you know. So he'll, he'll be very interesting. He called out Saren back. Uh, afterwards so that should be very very interesting and then in terms of other fights maybe um, Lee McCourt I, I, I don't really know who she's going to fight in that featherweight division yeah I know uh, like you can't move on too soon because it was the most impressive performance but 
Oh, I'd like to see Brett Primus maybe fight Benson Henderson. Yeah, that'd be good, that, yeah. And the winner of that can fight for the title. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing was, like we did mention last week, that we were more looking forward to Foycon over... Uh, Bellator Dublin. Bellator Dublin, yeah. And then I was talking to Johnny, and Johnny's like, there's no way you can prefer that over the other. And then he was like, I totally understand. It's just one of those things where... Foycon, we get to down and meet people we've never met before. Like... Brent Primus is the only person who fought there who who I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight because he was the former Bellator lightweight champion. Yeah. Everyone else, I'm like, You've seen. I've, seen, I've yeah. seen them or I've not been blown away by getting to see. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, like, after the event, UFC Auckland was on mm. and also Tyson Fury was taking on Deontay Wilder. But, um, Ross, overall, what do you want to give Bellator out of 10? Six, man. Yeah, I'll go for a six as well. Uh, the night before, Bellator was also on as well. And um, Ed Ruth lost to Yaroslav Am- Amosov. But uh, we should move into the UFC, Ross, because also over the weekend, Dan Hooker defeated Paul Felder at UFC Auckland. Ross, this was an absolute barn burner. This was exactly what the people wanted, and people got exactly what they wanted. It was, and it was an absolute war. Um, it's the funny thing beforehand is Dan Hooker was asked, uh, what's your favorite way to win a fight? And he goes, I love winning by split decision. <laughs> and yeah. then he won by split decision uh, to be honest I only saw the highlights of the fight um, Paul Felder's face is like broken like literally yeah. broken yeah. Uh, he was broken after it as well yeah oh he was upset he sort of hinged that retirement I think after doing so much of that UFC commentary job that he, it's like oh this is a much easier life and it probably pays just as well obviously it is a, yeah. to be a, like in the booth as opposed to actually in, in the cage doing it and not being bad, Dan Hooker, fantastic fighter, but and also like I know he's ranked like number six in the world, but if you're going to a split decision with Dan Hooker, you're more than likely not going to be Khabib or Tony Ferguson. Yeah, and, and that's just like that's not like being overly harsh. That's just facts. Yeah. Also, it was in Auckland as well. Yeah. So we probably got the rub of the hometown. Yeah. Great guy. Get a great game plan from Dan Hooker as well with all the leg kicks. Yeah. It, it, what's called the. After Barbosa actually kicked the leg off him, he was like, right, I'm going to do that to yeah. everyone else. I need to learn how to kick. Uh, shout out to Jim Crude as well, who beat uh, Mikhail Olek-C-Shuk. The Polish light heavyweight guy. Not called Jan Blackwich. Uh, Jimmy Crude, has he moved to like 11 or 12 now, was he? I think it's 11 and 1. Oh, 11 and 1, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. That was, that was a great performance by him. The yeah. other guy looked a bit overweight. But uh, this weekend is UFC Norfolk. Uh, it's being headlined by Joy Benavidez and Deverson Figueroa for the flyweight title. Ross, this was made vacant by Henry Cejudo, who just has been announced to take on Jose Aldo for at, the bantamweight title. At UFC 250. Yeah, so Ross, Joy Benavidez, our mate, actually we gave him a shout out today. He's fighting for the title. Ross, what are you expecting this weekend at UFC Norfolk? Uh, look, Deverson Figueroa is 17-1. and one. His only loss came to Husmer Formiga. I have watched Figueroa quite a lot. Uh, he's got really good knockout power and he's got good submission skills. He's a finisher, which is quite rare in that division in terms of Joseph Benavides. Look, if Demetrius Johnson didn't exist, he would have been the inaugural flyweight champion. Uh, he's beaten Henry Cejudo in the past. Yeah, I think he's the man to be. And... It's his time not to be a bridesmaid. He fought Donald <laughs> Cruz twice for the Bantamweight title and loss. And he fought 
Demetrius Johnson twice for the flyweight title and lost. This has to be his time to get the belt. So is this how many times? What number is four times for the belt? This is fifth chance. No way. Fifth time lucky. Joey B. Got uh, also Megan O'Leary loves our show, so like we love Megan O'Leary. Megan O'Leary. <laughs> Megan O'Leary's a legend. Although he's like married to Megan O'Leary, so I mean like he's already winning. I think yeah, winning. I, I think he'd lose four title fights for to marry Megan O'Leary. Yeah. Um. Look, Joey Benavides. He's the man. That's what I'm picking on this occasion. Uh, Figueroa is young enough. I think he can come back and get another title shot. Yeah, I'm going to go Joey Benavides as well. To be honest, the rest of the card is, uh, is pretty bad. Uh, Ian Kuti, Kutibala is on the card. Uh, he's crazy. The, he's, Just make he's sure you watch him. Yeah, check him out. Uh, Megan Anderson's on the card as well. Uh, bar that, there's actually nothing to write home about. Uh, Felicia Spencer's on the card as well. She could be the next challenger for the £145 belt for Man Nunes. If she ever defends that. Nice one. She might though just be like, oh, I've defended both belts. Because not many people have done that. Okay. Uh, and now we are going to move into the boxing. Ross, over the weekend, Tyson Fury became the champ. He defeated Deontay Wilder in the seventh round by TKO. Well, you can sort of say like stoppage is, is corner true in the flag. I mean, uh, the tell. Ross, where do we start from here, man? Where do we start from here? I think we should start almost before the fight. It's one of those things where the walkouts from these two were an absolute spectacle. Yeah. Did you see the walkouts from them? I did, man. So, Which was more impressive, though? I actually think, when you were thinking about it, Wilder's was actually cooler. Okay, but yeah. Fury's was like the Gypsy King. You know what I mean? So I'm going to say Fury. Fury... Obviously, wasn't carried out, but made it look like he was being carried out yeah. on an absolute throne. He wore like a robe and had a crown on. Walter looked like the evil guy of a video game. Yeah, he yeah. had like a black crown mask on with like a lot black of sparkles everywhere. A lot of detail. Yeah, it was. They were both incredible. It, it, it made the show a bigger spectacle yeah. than it was. If I, that was even possible. I don't know who it was, but someone like wrapped Deontay Walter out. Do you know who that was? Neither no. do I. Uh, <laughs> but look, all these things add to the spectacle of the show. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I actually went back and watched, uh, you know, one of those BT Sports things where, like, they asked people who's going to win. And it was, okay. Uh, there was Mike Tyson, Conor McGregor, Dana White, Tyson Fury's dad, David Hay, it was, uh, Polly Malnagy. There was loads of top people. I was, like, I was yeah. like, oh, that's actually interesting. But it's also quite funny to watch after the fact uh, alright yeah uh, I think David Hay was like the only person who was like I think Wilder's gonna win a bar you though yeah bar me <laughs> uh, and have you seen the interview with John Fury Tyson Fury's dad I saw the round table with like Paul yeah. Malinaji David Hay John Fury and the presenter yeah but did you, see, did you watch it yeah yeah yeah, Tom Fury like was absolutely spot on he was like yeah. he's gonna march Deontay Wilder down and he's gonna knock him out and everyone's like Smoking crack board, get out of here. And that was the best heavyweight boxing performance of all time. I am absolutely obsessed with this performance. It could not have been any better. Tyson Fury is so intelligent. He knows his own body and his own abilities better than everyone. And it's frightening to think about it. All the pundits were saying, he's coming in at 270 pounds. He's overweight. He's not going to be fit. Tyson Fury on the other hand is going, oh, I only got knocked down because I, I made myself as, as skinny as possible. And he was like, I wasn't strong. I was like yeah. 
weedy like I didn't go the best way about losing the weight I just like ran it all off I didn't put any muscle on he was there he was 273 pounds of pure nimbleness he took the fight to Walder no one's ever had the balls to put Deontay Walder on the back foot Tyson Fury put him on the back foot kept him on the back foot and the funny thing was is when I was watching the fight for the first few rounds I was like this is the best actual boxing I've seen Deontay Wilder do he was landing that one-two combo yeah. he was doing some excellent boxing skills but Fury still annihilated him yeah he annihilated him I know he <sighs> knocked off his equilibrium I don't know how many times Wilder like either fell over or got knocked down in that fight Fury's a class think twice I think twice well, I think he well, fell, he over, fell over like yeah, twice as yeah, well. so four yeah, times altogether yeah. but like that's a lot of times that, like have to actually oh, yeah. get back up when he's Even never hit, head. when he's never hit the deck ever yeah and well, uh, in fairness Wall did say he wanted to go out on the shield I sort of uh, do respect that but in terms of his health and in terms of you know us needing to see that we didn't actually need to yeah, see that that's and nice. also it does give him an opportunity to maybe go back win another fight and then potentially get back in there with Fury as opposed to if Fury just knocked him out cold, people like, well, we don't need to see that a third time. Yeah. Can we sort of discuss the way going into this, like, uh, uh, for some reason, like we said a lot, like last week, you thought that Walder would win, I thought Fury would win, and we agreed to disagree, right? Yeah. But don't show the way when jo- uh, Andy Joshua was fighting Andy Ruiz. Yeah. And going into the fight, well, the first time, remember he, uh, Joshua got his equilibrium just, like all over the place yeah. after I think it was the third round maybe as well yeah he was doing the stanky leg yeah and then we were like oh doesn't and then Joshua lost do you think this way the, the, the sort of same thing happened to Deontay Wilder in the third round it, like he got knocked down and then he was just never the same again do you think that Wilder could possibly go dust himself off and come back and fight Fury again and beat him because remember the first fight, he knocked him down twice as well, you know? Well, I don't think anything's impossible. Like, yeah. Deontay Waller is an absolute phenomenal heavyweight boxer. I know him. That's he's, the thing. I, like, he is one of the best yeah. heavyweight boxers ever in the world, if not ever. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, is that people go, all oh, Wilder has is a right hand. But Wilder's fought 40 men, and it's worked on 39 of them. And the only one that didn't work on was Tyson Fury, and he still knocked him down as well. Uh, he knocked him out but he woke back up before the 10 count yeah but John Fury was even saying it John Fury was like he doesn't have that much power and then he was like are you messing he's knocked out with everyone he's ever fought and they were like he was like he was like Tyson Fury he was very skinny back then and it was a 12th round and he couldn't knock him out and he had nothing left in the gas tank and then I, I, I just watched John Fury it's almost like he was Mystic John you know what I mean it, Mystic Fury it, it was absolutely incredible Tyson Fury his hand speed his movement his defensive qualities the way he knew to clinch so much I know there's yeah. a lot of hugging people complain about that but like the closer you are at Deontay Wilder he's not going to be able to hit you with that punch yeah Wilder needs to create space for that punch and you know what Wilder landed a good right hand in that fight and Fury just sort of edit and got on with it yeah in fairness he outweighed him by 40 pounds I know, and he's still outworked crazy um, a lot of people are tuning in now to be like what is meant to happen next because at the moment, right, Eddie Hearn has said this, that he said that he wants to see the, uh, he wants the Joshua versus Tyson Fury fight to happen, right? He wants that to happen in the summer. But the thing is right now, Deontay Wilder has 30 days to say if he wants a rematch against Fury. We'll discuss whether or not we think that's going to happen. The other thing is, Dylan White will be a mandatory opponent against 
Tyson Fury. Okay. And then on for anti Joshua, he has basically verbally agreed to fight Pulev, who is under the same banner with Tyson Fury at top rank. He's also a mandatory challenger. Yeah, mandatory challenger as well. So the thing is I think he, I think if Fury fights Joshua, they can like fob off all the mandatory challengers. I think like yeah. all the boxing federations go, Oh well if you're making that fight, that's fine. Yeah. yeah that's it, what I think as well. Those things. But it's all gonna come down to Deontay Walder. Is he gonna say yes or no to this fight? You know what I mean? You know and what? Deontay Walder is someone who I think is gonna just go, oh, I want the rematch. He yeah. he's, he doesn't seem he didn't seem to be phased to be beaten. And also, in his head, the fact that he wasn't actually knocked out. He, from what I know of Deontay Wilder and from what I've seen, he must still believe that he could have beaten Fury in that yeah. fight. I, th- I think so as well. I can't see Wilder turning down that fight. No. Like, he's after knocking out 40 men in a row. If he had a won there over the weekend, he would have he beaten Muhammad Ali's record. I think it was a uh, third... 11 it would have been like 11 fences of the heavyweight title I, th- I think he's gonna ruin this opportunity because if he says no now he, he might never get the opportunity again people be like ah you said no ha no you know what I mean yeah and also if he says no where does he go from here also he's not a belt holder then yeah and I, that definitely is gonna affect his pay-per-view points his pay-per-view boys uh, yeah. and his like sort of star power going forward yeah so there's very few people who can lose the world heavyweight title and have no heavyweight t- yeah. have no titles and then still be a draw. Still be a draw. And like, it wasn't put, a massive draw anyway without having Tyson Fury. Yeah, well, put it this way. Uh, how many MMA fighters can you take the belt off and put them in a headline spot in the UFC? Not very many. Not very many, no. No, like three or four max. That's it. Yeah. So it just goes to show that it doesn't just work out that way. Yeah. See, the thing is, we want Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. Everyone wants that, yeah? Yeah. And hopefully Wilder... Wants to see that as well. So he's like, here, I'll let you lads fight. But the thing is, Ross, where would you want to see that fight happen? Because there is plenty of opportunities. Like The, the fighting capital of the world is Vegas. They could play, do it, go down in Raider Stadium. I think it would happen in Wembley. Do, uh, do you I think, think they would do that? Gonna do it, yeah. no, no chance of going to like uh, Saudi Arabia like last time as well. I don't think so. But what if, right, this is the card you do, right? right. You go, Joshua versus Fury. In the main event. Okay. Number one contender fight in the co-main event. Dillian White versus Deontay Wilder. And then you also have <laughs> Andy Ruiz fight against Lewis Ortiz. And then you put Joshua Parker in there against Pulev. And have like four absolute cracker heavyweight boxing fights. All underneath the one stadium. And absolutely blow the roof off the place. Because you can actually watch the four fights in a row instead of, as everyone does now, will watch boxing. If you tell me you watch the entire car watching boxing, you're lying. Yeah. You're lying. Man, I just want to see Joshua versus Fury. Yeah, but how good would like, Deontay Wilder versus Dillian White in the co-main event be? And the winner fights the winner? Yeah. Yeah. Th- that would be amazing. Oh, like, we're never going like, to get that. You have someone like Daniel Dubois. Who's like 14? No, he's only uh, new to the heavyweight division. Well, he's up and coming. He looks very, very good. People are saying he's like Mike Tyson because uh, he's sort of short, or shorter and stockier. Yeah. I actually don't think he's that short, but he's very well built. Um, get him in there. You know what I mean? You need to like sort of build your next heavyweight stars on the back of these heavyweight stars. Yeah. Oh, man. So you think it's going to be Wembley Fury yeah. versus Joshua? And then, but like, realistically, what's going to happen? 
Let's call it now, right? Let's call it now for the people watching. Oh, you want you my think, honest opinion think, on what Eddie Hearn is going to do? No, do you think Wilder's just going to be like, no, oh, I want to fight Fury? I think it's going to be Wilder Fury 3, if you want like what I really think is going to yeah, happen. Know, yeah. And then Joshua Pulev. Yeah, I know. And then they could, if both Fury and, and Joshua, Joshua win, win, they could then do it in December. Yeah. Or later on in the year, because uh, Eddie Hearn said that he wants to fight in, he has already booked in for Spurs' stadium. Oh, yeah. Around summertime, and then one later on in the year as well. So maybe at how, the end of the year. Can, how much does that hold in relation to uh, Wembley? Things like sixty thousand. Oh yeah, there's not more now. I thought they would have built that stadium, been like right eighty thousand people. I don't. Know. Well, uh, maybe it's probably up close seventy anyway if they go on the pitch. Oh you can yeah, over like yeah, five thousand yeah, yeah. people there, or close, close, close. Sixty-two thousand. All right, I'd say it's close to seventy if you go on the pitch as well, isn't it? Yeah, it would, yeah, that's a lot of people. Well. Yeah, yeah, but um. If you enjoyed the combat show, make sure to like, make sure to subscribe, and make sure to let us know who you actually would think would win, Fury versus Anthony Joshua. Call now, who do you think? Fury. I'll go Fury. And now, we're going to move into the world of football, because the Champions League is back. The Champions League was back last week. Rush, should we start at last week's fixtures? Yeah, uh, Liverpool lost, shockingly, uh, to Atletico Madrid. Yeah. I actually said Letico Madrid on the show last last time that they'd lose 2-1. Uh, so, like, well done to me. I might not be hot in the boxing predictions, but I get the football predictions right. Um, let's let's be honest. You said 2-1 to Letico Madrid. I yeah. said one all, and Liverpool lost 1-0. Nice. Uh, yeah. What did you make of that? To be honest, Letico Madrid are so good at cup football. Yeah, It's what they're really good at. They were happy enough to have, let Liverpool have the ball. You have the ball. We're going to sit behind yeah. after scoring. Uh, Saul and the Gaze is so good in scoring those big games as well. Uh, Koke is fantastic. Atletico Madrid, Royal Liverpool. They were going down as soon as they were touched. And it just really, really got to Liverpool. They couldn't get anything going against them. Uh, Atletico Madrid were solid at the back. All Black made one or two brilliant saves. It was a Liverpool, very Liverpool typical... Liverpool had a goal disallowed as well. They did indeed. It was a very typical Atletico Madrid performance. Uh, Diego Simeone riling up the crowd, getting them behind them. It was <laughs> Liverpool were so annoyed after the game. They were, they were yeah. like, "Wait till we get the back downfield." Yeah. That's that was the sort of thoughts of it, wasn't it? Yeah, that was. Now put it this way: if Atletico Madrid score one goal in the second leg. Liverpool have to score three. I can picture Liverpool going gung ho and scoring three. So I don't think this tie is over. No, oh, well, obviously it's not, years. but I don't think it is at all. Uh, oh, oh, should we do a little prediction on who's going to go through? Well, at the moment, I I'm gonna. Uh, I can't go against Liverpool at home. Um, what you, who do you think? I think Atletico are going to get through. Oh my god, that that's going to like ruin. The crack that Liverpool were on this season because they're on for a treble. Yeah, but their win rate in the Champions League is only fifty-seven percent. Their win rate in the league is ninety-seven percent. Yeah, they may have met their match. Atletico Madrid is so well drilled at defense; it's yeah. crazy. Uh, Bruce Dortmund actually beat PSG as well, two-one. Uh, Ross, we both thought PSG would win this, and Haaland is still scoring the goals. By the way, he already played for Red Bull Leipzig in the Champions League. How is he still allowed to play? I don't, I don't know how they're after managed to get around that. I honestly don't know. I've never seen that before. Yeah. I always thought, when I got to January, it's like, oh, you, can't, you have to buy someone who's not playing Champions League yeah. to get them registered for the Champions League. I don't know. I don't mean a Royal Oak do whatever he wants. Can't he? It seems like, yeah. yeah if here, you have the money, you can do what you here, want. When's he going to stop scoring goals? 
Uh, not anytime soon, supposedly. Uh, right now, who are you thinking are going to qualify? Dortmund or PSG? Uh, PSG were away, weren't they? Yeah. And away goal. You know, I'm going to say Dortmund. I think I think that Dortmund team looks quite good. You know that? And okay. I think PSG are a bit dodgy at the back. They're fine from midfield, though, but they're a bit dodgy at the back still. For some reason, I'm thinking PSG. I don't know why. Um, and then uh, in the other game, Atlanta beat Valencia 4-1. Ross, you said for the crack, Atlanta. And well, Atlanta did, I pick, got... did I pick a score? No, you didn't pick oh. a score. But uh, well, they won 4-1, and your man Illich actually scored like, a really good goal. In fairness, the, the defending in that game was terrible. I watched that game, it was a shocking game. Yeah, but uh, Atlanta, it looks like, uh, it looks like they're definitely going to qualify. Yeah, and then H- how much is everyone going to play them next? Everyone's foaming at the mouth. And then uh, in the last game, Spurs lost 1-0 to Orby Leipzig. Uh, Timo Werner scored a penalty. and uh, They're going to go through as well because Spurs don't have a striker. I think they're going to go through as well. But uh, this week on Tuesday, the Champions League is back. Uh, Chelsea are taking on Bayern at 8 o'clock. Plus, what a game. Also, also on tomorrow, Napoli versus Barcelona as well. But uh, Chelsea versus Bayern, what do you make of this one, man? I expect Bayern Munich to get the result here. Uh, Bayern Munich are just about winning the league over in Germany. Yeah, they're they've got a bit more youth and vibrant uh, team these days compared to previous years. But Ribery and Robin, they're out the door, and I, I just like them. I think they're much more solid at the back. Uh, your man Nicolas Sula, Kimmich, uh, Alaba is still class, and then they have nowhere in goal. I just think like a well drilled defensive team. Chelsea won't be able to break them down. And also Lewandowski up front. Um, I'm going to go Bayern to win 2-1. I think 2-0 Bayern. 2-0 Bayern. Okay. And in the other game, Napoli are home to Barcelona. Napoli, Barca. Did you know Gattuso was the Napoli manager? I knew he was managing someone. But now you know he's managing Napoli. Okay, yeah. I just find it weird that he's managing anyone not named AC Milan considering he was like such a die-hard AC Milan player. Yeah. Uh, he came out and was like, you can't mark Messi so we're not going to mark him. Okay. <laughs> so I just think Barcelona are going to win if that's their tactics. Do you see Suarez is meant to be out for the rest of the season? Dembele is injured again. Yeah, but they got Braithwaite, man. Yeah, but realistically, what, what are you expecting from Barcelona here? Like Messi's getting like a bit on. I know he scored, I think he actually scored about four goals. Yeah, but they weekend, have but. Dembele... Griezmann Dembele's injured Oh was he injured as well, well they have, Him and Suarez Oh they have Griezmann and Messi You know what I mean Like it's not terrible True and well then, Griezmann hasn't really Set the world alight there Has he Yeah but maybe When it's just the two of them Linking up he might do a bit better Then they have like Rakitic Busquets De Jong You know what I mean Like the, when you name their players I know that They haven't been The hottest But They'll get the job done Against Napoli I th- Yeah I think they will Get the job done Against Napoli and then who knows? They can play like Atlanta next, and next thing you know, they're in the Champions League semi final, and then that, you can't rule anything out. That's actually so true. Uh, what are you going to go for this fixture? Uh, I'm going to say 3 1 Barcelona. Okay, I'll go 2 1 Barcelona. Uh, then on Wednesday's game, Leon are taking on Juventus. Cristiano Ronaldo's after scoring in his 11th game in a row in Syria. I just fancy Ronaldo. Uh, Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah. You just fancy Ronaldo. Yeah, I fancy Ronaldo. Um, yeah. Juventus is just better than Leon. I don't the boy's out for Leon as well, isn't he? Yeah. That's sort of the nail in the coffin for me. Juventus are just better than Leon and I think they will beat them. Yeah, I'm gonna go two 0 Juventus. It's one of those things if you're away from home and you can get the job done in the first leg, you might as well do it and then you can chill out a bit more in the second leg. Yeah. What are you picking? 
I think two nils a good shout Juventus. Okay, and then one of the biggest fixtures of the of the Champions League. Real Madrid are taking on Man City. What a game! What a game! Real Madrid. What a game. Uh, currently in second place in the Liga. Man City currently in second place in the Premier League. These are two like wounded lions at the moment, aren't they? They really are. Uh, a lot of these man, a lot of the talk about Man City is they're actually the favourites of the Champions League at the moment, and a lot of the talk is that they better win it this year because they might not be in it for the next two years. Real Madrid, on the other hand, they sort of keep on churning out the results, but how how much less sexy does the Real Madrid team look now? than they have been for the last few years. Yeah. Hazard's now out for a few months as well. Yeah, he broke Pot- his ankle. Didn't he? Yeah, potentially the rest of the season. Yeah. In saying that, I actually fancy Man City to get the job done here. De Bruyne, Sterling, Aguero. That sounds better than Cruz, Velasquez, and... What's your man's name up from? Viniscus. Okay. Did, you're just picking random players? like. Yeah, but like, they're the players who start for Real Madrid. All right. Okay. And then they're the players to start for City. Uh, you think when, you put the two, when you put the two head to head, I go, the City team's better. All right, so what what result are you expecting in the Bernabeu? Uh, I think one all. And City will get them in the Etihad. I'll go one all as well. Uh, Ross, something I wanted to bring up as well. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo's now 35, Messi's 32. How many more years do you think these two can really go on? Because if you look at this now, Cristiano Ronaldo has won five Champions Leagues. Messi's on four. Did, how much longer? I don't I don't know if Ronaldo can keep this up and really drive a team to win the Champions League. Barcelona are now, after losing Suarez, who's massive for Messi as well. I would say Juventus have a better chance of winning the Champions League this year so than Barcelona do. If you just look at their team, player for player. Yeah. If I fancy them that bit more. Um and then looking at it he's not slowing down this season, Ronaldo. Yeah. So his quality is almost it just will last for a few more years. It, it really is. It's if almost like a bit of a, man. it's a bit like a Zlatan effect, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly, um, yeah. When you're when you're just that good, you're that good. And Zlatan's what, thirty seven? Thirty eight? Is he forty? No, he's 40, yeah. <laughs> but he's still scoring goals for yeah, AC Milan. Yeah. And I think Ronaldo could do the same for as long as he, as long as he sees fit. So, do you um, think there is... Do you I, think Messi's going to win another Champions League? I think Messi is looking at the Barcelona squad, as you said, around now and going, this team is actually slowly but surely getting worse around me. And I think so. See, the problem is, is that at the stage world football's at now, there's nowhere really for Man or for Messi to move to. You could have said he could have went to Man City, but now they won't play Champions League for yeah. the next two years. So like that's out the window. Can't go through um, Real Madrid. Juventus have Ronaldo. Doubt to see him going to Germany, and then like I don't see him going to Liverpool or Man United. I just don't see it. So therefore, oh, yeah. he's sort of stuck there. Bayern. Yeah, I think that's sort of. The one odd one, but PSG, PSG maybe. Yeah, but they have Neymar and Mbappe. Yeah, but Neymar's going to be gone at the end of the year, without doubt. Yeah, but I think he's trying to get back to Barcelona to get to Messi. That could be a fair swap. Yeah, I don't know. I just can't see Messi winning with Barcelona now. I think he no. needs he needs it, something different around him. I don't know what it is. Oh, I, I do agree with you. It's looking less that, like, as in like as in like if you want it this year, I don't think you do it next year. If you know, what I, mean. I feel like the, the the whole conversation is. Is this Juventus, like Ronaldo and Messi's final year where they can actually win it? 
I think it's the final year where those two are going head to head. Yeah. When you look at it now, PSG have Mbappe, and right now, uh, and Liverpool have Salah or Mane or whatever. And you look at it right now and go, how much more influential is Messi to Barcelona than Mbappe is to PSG? And you'd almost say equal. And the same with Ronaldo. So mm. I think the little bit, the little percentages that Messi and Ronaldo are slowing down, Mbappe, Haaland, all these players are like on their t- heels, nip, uh, nipping at the butt to yeah. actually try and catch them. So that gap where it was Messi, Ronaldo, everyone else is now like massively reduced. Even someone like Kevin De Bruyne is like works wonders. So I I'd agree with you. I think as we've seen with uh, when Modric won the Ballon d'Or and since then going forward, it's sort of open season for that Ballon d'Or this year, isn't it? Yeah. Who did who do you fancy for the Champions League at the moment? I'm thinking Juventus, man. Juventus look good. Bayern Munich, I'm going to say. Bayern Munich. Yeah, I, I just think they, they, they're they just consistently high performers. There's something about Juventus where there's like the feeling of bridesmaids against, about them. And also, they play Chesney in goal, don't they? Uh, yeah. I feel like that's like slightly bogey yeah, for, for, for win the Champions League. Yeah. Um, before we actually move on, I want to mention, have you seen the, ad, the, the advert for the Champions League? Uh, remind me of it and I'm like yes or no Pogba and Messi are both in it I'm like Pepsi po- Max but no I don't think so is it oh that was Pepsi but, but like my point is it's the Champions League one so why is Pogba in it when he plays Europa League with Man U oh I don't know has no one else sat there and been like hold on what yeah it was Pogba man I know just yeah, get, but get in there it's and like say, I, say we have to say it's like ah oh, it doesn't matter just get on it anyway but, uh, but uh, the Europa League is also on this week as well uh, there's been nothing really to write home about that yet but like everyone's here for the Champions League so if you do enjoy the f- the football shows make sure to like make sure to subscribe and get on it because now we're going to move into the Six Nations um, over the weekend Ireland lost to England 24-12 in Twickenham uh, in the build up to this myself and Ross were really uh, we were like right I think Ireland could win it think England were the were the wounded lions, excuse the pun, but uh, Ireland left the stadium with the tail between their legs. They really, really did. Uh, not for the first time, Ireland were very slow out of the traps. We were very slow out of the traps for the Scotland game, but this time around, we were very, very much so punished for it. Yeah. I think the best thing to discuss in this show is what Ireland need to do to improve mm. in the future, because... This was a very, very hard game to watch for an Irish fan. It really, really was. We don't like losing as a nation, but we really don't like losing to England. It's a matter of fact, really. Yeah. And this is the second bad defeat we've had to England uh, in recent times. Just before yeah. the World Cup, I think they beat us like 40. I think it was like 50 points. Or something. 50, 50 points. Like yeah. 20 points yeah. the scoreline the, over 30 points the anyway. scoreline does deceive the actual the yeah. game itself because it was 24-12 to Ireland, uh, England and England were 14-0 up at half time but Ross we should start from the very very start Johnny Sexton uh, like fumbling the ball in our tri- in our own try area and then um, England get the try yeah, yeah George Ford capitalised on a Johnny Sexton mistake a rare Johnny Sexton mistake one yeah. might even say leading into the game have you seen him do something that sloppy no no the pressure seemed to really get to him in Twickenham Whatever it is there, he did not like it one bit. Yeah. 
the thing the thing is that mistake like although it was a massive mistake it was sort of like yeah you, you can't no one no one like gave out to him or were like what are you doing man you know what i mean like it was like right he obviously didn't mean to do that and then they capitalized on it that was that was terrible but i like, think because johnny sexton is now the captain of ireland they all look to him to do everything right and next thing you know he messes up in the first five minutes England are scoring try, but not only a try, like under the post try. Yeah. So it's not even five nil. It might be. It might just be five nil. It was like automatically seven nil down. Yeah. Um. And so early on in the game, Ireland hadn't even, you know, got a hold of the ball, but practically. And yeah. In fairness, when that happened, like England had were already out the gates straight away. Yeah. There was. It was such an aggressive. English uh, pack. Yeah. It was aggression in the back as well. Two laggies, an absolute monster. And Ireland just never got going. We yeah. were very, very slow. As, as if was praying as, for half time. Yeah, but uh, as if that uh, that try wasn't bad enough, the Sexton, the penalty the Sexton missed as well. Like that just really. Johnny Sexton hit his two worst kicks of the, his career. The, the first one was absolutely atrocious. That like if if we weren't down already. We were way down then. And then a few minutes later, Keane, he has to come off as well. It's like, oh, here we go. I couldn't it, see us turning around. No, it was like the wall was like getting higher and higher. And we were doing it. We, we forgot our climbing shoes. Yeah, that's, man. That's, that's, that's the way it was. Johnny Sexton missed two very straightforward kicks for him. Um, and then, in terms of Healy got injured in the first fifteen minutes, yeah. which, like, in fairness, Kilcoyne always plays the last half an hour, and then he was expected to play sixty minutes and win us the game. And win us the game. He actually gave away a few penalties throughout the game as well, which wasn't ideal. Yeah. And as uh, as if things couldn't get any worse, Jacob Stockdale making an absolute balls of that for the it was a it wasn't for the game, was it? No, it was daily. I think on this daily occasion. at the for that for that try that that's. That's way more inexcusable than Johnny Sexton making it. Making no, that no. Mess. Jacob Stockdale has been known for his defensive frailties, and it really, really showed here. It was one of the worst pieces of defending I've seen in the international. He league. absolutely turned off. The, you don't want to remind me of. Uh, if you're at home now, Google Claremont Potrino and Rob Howley. Rob Howley was scrum half for Wasps, and it was the Heineken Cup final, and your man was like waiting for the ball to come over the line. To put it down for uh, scrum or I can't remember it was twenty two dropout and the wasp fella just runs and like just tries wins the Heineken Cup. That th- that mistake was absolutely inexcusable anyway from Stockdale man. Oh, it was that was shocking. That was heartbreaking watching it and I was like, oh my god, we still have another half to go. Um, as bad as Ireland were, England were brilliant in fairness. Like I told you, they were they were. We've said this before. Ireland are too nice. They were going in bullying Ireland uh, as people have seen. I told you. Pulling, uh, I think it was Peter Mandy and CJ Stander down, then yeah. taking off CJ Stander's top. Uh, <laughs> Owen Farrell, like like a, a seatbelt onto Stander's leg. Like they were going in, getting down and dirty, and like Ireland had nothing really to give back. Yeah, they, they didn't mind, you know, having an infringement here, an infringement there. Yeah. They were bossing the scrum, bossing the line out. It was as if they intimidated Ireland, and Ireland just had to put up with it. They, did. they were bullied all over the park, whether it be in the backs or in the forwards. Uh, Jonathan Joseph looked great in the wing. Tuolagi looked great in the centre. Owen Farrell had such bite in him. You know, forward ran, ran a great game at Ayo half. And the, the thing is, that wasn't even their best team out. Like, the no, Vinopolo missing, bros weren't even there. Uh, they were missing uh, Billy Vinopolo and Marco Vinopolo. Billy obviously being 
far more important at number eight. Yeah. Uh, they yep. were actually playing um, playing under Underhill. Uh, Underhill. Um, I think he was playing out of position, and I think Wood was playing out of position at eight as well. No, Cur- well, Curry was playing. Oh, sorry, Curry, Tom Curry. That's what I was yeah. thinking of. I was thinking of Tom. Tom Wood used to play for Wasps back yeah, in the day. And, and Corey uh, Laws was playing flanker. Yeah, he was playing back row. Yeah. Um, Curry was playing number eight, and he normally plays seven. You know what I mean? That they, they were just getting their best players on the pitch one way or the other, and it really, really worked out for them. Well, for them, obviously, I don't think a game like that you can carry someone like Devon Toner in the game. They uh, were bigger, stronger, faster yeah. in the whole department. Absolutely, yeah. and that's where when you have someone like Toner on, Toner's like a set play specialist. He's not in a really fast impact game of rugby. He's not someone you want to have on. Yeah. I remember like he went to take the ball up and he got knocked backwards, and I was like, "Like, why did you give the ball? That was it always going to happen." Everyone was getting knocked backwards. It was yeah. actually really, really hard to watch. Um, going into the Six Nations, we were hoping for a change in like personnel, etc. Uh, after after this, the Welsh game, we we're we we're almost back to the Schmidt reign now I feel like it's time to make a few changes as we previously did before but now against Italy it's probably time to move on a tiny bit is it well I think they're going to go a bit more experimental against uh, Italy but who'd you take out though if like this was to be a, another like your your team that you pick who, who should you take out because like Peter Manny's been playing well CJ Standard's been playing well well I, I think you have to look at the actual team itself and you almost have to look at a 115 and consider doing a whole new team altogether. Um uh, prop Kilcoyne will probably start maybe give Kelleher a start even though yeah. one of the shine lights I thought was Rob Herring I thought he was actually quite good. Did you? Uh yeah. I really did. Uh maybe start Porter and uh, nothing against Tiger Furlong. I don't think it was particularly bad on his occasion but you might as well give Porter a run out start. Um Alton Delange would probably get a run out but Ryan Henderson are my second rows Vanderfield yeah, James Ryan him. James Ryan did alright uh, I'd start Caelan Doris because I thought he was brilliant and I'd probably start Sander at 6 I'd maybe give O'Mahony a rest Cooney needs to start at 9 his I'd kick almost, his kick, later, kick as well. his kick later on the game was actually pretty good I'd actually let Cooney uh, kick in that game I think it's a much better option to let Cooney kick than to let Ross Byrne kick would you I change think. the halfbacks totally then, would you? You know what? It's it's the Italian game, so I actually would hit that like and subscribe button if you also think <laughs> that you th- you change the halfbacks for the Ireland team. Do, yeah, but like, do you think they're going to take Sexton now? Well, he's the captain, so it's harder to take him out. But if they're ever going to rest him for a game, you might as well rest him for Italy. Try something new. Do you know what? They're almost better off changing the whole entire starting 15. I know they're not going to be able to change certain players because we haven't got enough. But if you take them all out, then no one can give out. It's like, right, there's a new team in, you know? Yeah, well, I, I don't... Where think are they going to get this valuable experience? Italy, as we know, have lost 24, if not 25, ga- uh, Six Nations games in a row now as well. I would change the majority of the team. I think James Ryan is someone you sort of have to keep in, uh, just because we don't for, have a lot of for, second for rows. calling the lines and stuff. Yeah, which is more so we don't have a lot of second rows, and he's just like an absolute monster. He's also young, so it's not like... Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. let someone else in for experience. <laughs> it's like, he also needs the experience. Is Leo Cullen still knocking around? <laughs> <laughs> no, Malcolm O'Kelly is, though. <laughs> Donica O'Callaghan said he's wore, wore the best pair of uh, wife fronts. Uh, <laughs> okay. In terms of the, the back line, someone like uh, Jordan Larimer I keep in there. I keep Conway in there. Probably bring back in Earls, keep that strength there, and 
I'm happy with Bundy and uh, Henshaw. Like, I don't think any of them actually played particularly bad. I just think in terms of going forward, they didn't really get it going either. Yeah, it's hard to impress as a back if the forwards are getting knocked back on top of you as well. 100%. I think Stockdale has to go, though. I think just... Ever uh, since when's, the last, when's the last time Jacob Stockdale had a good performance? He lit, he lit up the Six Nations two years ago. Then last year, he was very unimpressive. But, like, I think that when you do something like that, that's that important at that moment of time where you really need to step up. It just means your head's not in the game and you need to bring someone else in. who Someone deserves a chance after that situation yeah. as well. And I... I I know Conway got a knock, so maybe he won't be playing, but I do think Andrew Conway has had a fantastic Six Nations so far, so I would leave him inside. Yeah. Oh, I was just really disappointed after that game. Um, also, in the other games over the weekend, Wales lost to France 23-27. France and, uh, for that Grand Slam. And Italy lost to Scotland 17-0. By the way, that was one of the most boring games. It was 5-0 at halftime. I actually fell asleep watching it. But uh, at the moment, Ross, France are winning with 13 points. England are on second with nine. Ireland on third with nine points. Wales are on f- are fourth with six points. Scotland are in fifth with six points. And with the wooden spoon, it's good old Italy. With uh, zero points. Yeah. Uh, before we're, You have to make sure to come back uh, for next week's show as we're going to be discussing Ireland in the build-up to the Italy game. But like at the moment, it looks like France are just going to win it, which is... Uh, Quite impressive, isn't it? Because yeah, they I really gave them a chance. I think we were sort of saying that they were the wild card of this year's Six Nations going into. We knew they were picking a new new young team. Yeah, I can't remember. But did you we ex- said. did you expect them to win uh, against Wales like away at Wales? Well, I knew the momentum was with them, and the momentum was against Wales after being beaten by Ireland. Yeah, but don't you so when you look at it, it was, it's like uh, experience versus like non-experience. To be honest, I thought it was a bit of a toss-up, and I knew it was going to be a tight game, but. Wales are a very hard team to beat in the Principality Stadium. Yeah. So it just goes to show how impressive this new, young, uh, blooded French team is. And I'd be shocked now if they don't win the uh, championship. They're going to play Scotland next. And they're more than likely going to beat Scotland. And then it's a showdown with Ireland uh, on the last day of the Six Nations. Yeah. England are also on for the Triple Crown as well, aren't they? Also, Ireland have to get a bonus point uh, in the Italian game. Like, absolutely must. Because everyone gets a bonus point against yeah. Italy. And then if they beat France, they might have to get a bonus point there because what's stopping England getting a bonus point in their last two games? I know. England look like they're back in action. Yeah, England-Wales is going to be a very good game. Um, It should be quite quite a tough one. Yeah. So uh, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, the Six Nations isn't over for Ireland yet, so like it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah, it, that um, was just a hard one to take, especially shout-out to the lads who were over at the game. And it was just... Oh, I was like, oh, I just thought it was going to be a bit closer, and I was like, oh my god! But to but give it, you a slight bit of positivity, um, the Ireland under twenties smashed the England under twenties. It was an absolute phenomenal game. Yeah, uh, they looked so good in doing so. Unfortunately, yeah. the women got quite a hammering by the English team, but that was professionals against amateurs. So the youth is still looking very good in yeah. Ireland. Uh, it's not all doom and gloom. And the young players that we do have. Uh, in that Irish squad are looking quite good so hopefully we can kick on and make it work for ourselves yeah but Ross I've been enjoying doing these rugby shows it won't be the last one no definitely not but um, I can't wait to look forward to the Ireland versus Italy game Uh, let's see what happens in the build up to it yeah and I think this rugby show is going quite well that we might even bring it over to club rugby uh, for Setonians the Heineken Cup yeah 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 Yeah, I wouldn't mind that yeah no why not? Like, it makes us have a vested interest in some of the other uh, European yeah. club teams. Sure, Leinster taking on Saracens as well. Ireland versus England <laughs> again. Oh, stop. 
Also, shout out to Mario, Mario Toji. That chap is just unbelievable. Yeah, well, he, 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 did you see the way he ripped the ball off Kilcoin at one stage? I was like, killer. Yeah. Who? Uh, okay, because I said a Toji, who would you ra- take from England? Well, I think like a Toji and Ryan would just be like the perfect yeah, fit. It's I like, know. done. Uh, but if I had to take someone else, uh, maybe Elliot Daly, a fullback, I think he's he very good. Or, no. I take two laggy in the center, just yeah. like that absolute monster. When I saw their starting fifteen, I was like, "There's no real holes in that team." Him and Bundy Akoi were like high five at one stage. <laughs> I was like, "I was like, what are you doing?" <laughs> but uh, here, if you're enjoying these shows as much as we are, thank you very much. Make sure to like, subscribe, and uh, we'll see you again next week. And, and as, as always, always stay, stay energized. energized.